Welcome to episode six, y'all. Chris is coming at you fuming for Miss Marvel. We're here to talk about the show and the comics alike. As always, your host here, Chris Bernard. Joined by Jody Cameron. Also coming in hot, very passionate about Ms. Marvel. Oh, Camila Khan. All right, let's kick it off hot and spicy. I don't like her powers in the show, not one bit. How do you feel about her powers? Okay, I'm going to be quite frank. I don't know why they're crystally at all. I disagree with... Um, how they're just like, okay, you're a genie, Dejin, descendant, alternate monster thing. But it's cool. I'll be earnest with you. <laughs> we might just have to slow down and back up for any listeners who are not as familiar with uh, Kamala Khan or Ms. Marvel uh, in, in the greater Marvel universe. So we'll talk a little bit maybe about that character and her origin and how there's a real divide and a real change between the modern comic book version of this hero their powers and their origin and the presentation in the new Disney Plus television program based on the same character by the name of Ms. Marvel. So originally what's known as an inhuman. She's a superhuman that is lying dormant due to experimentation by the Kree alien race and they're released through Terragenesis Mist. So without getting into too many of the details, she's just a teenager this uh, this mist is released, and all of a sudden she's able to polymorph and shapeshift, and uh, she has superhuman strength and, and abilities to heal, for instance. She's known for her catchphrase, Imbigen! And she'll just, like, make her fist incredibly huge, stretch her arm out, and clear a room of bad guys all like a giant rubber band type of creature. Totally different on TV. So, rumor has it, the only reason why they changed her abilities so much is because they didn't want it to be too similar to Mr. Fantastic and other stretchy uh, things that have appeared on TV. They didn't want it to be too similar, which, if you've ever seen any stretchy character in any comic book or any other format, they all use their powers in different ways. Mr. Fantastic mainly just stretches around. He doesn't make his fist really big. Uh, He doesn't really even shapeshift that much. Plastic Man shave shifts a ton. Like, he turns his hand into a hammer, turns his whole body into a shovel, and then she comes along and she will grow her body huge. They're all used slightly differently, and I think it all has to do with their kind of personalities. I don't know what, what they're aiming for here with her, but I know that they've completely changed her origin. I just don't think it's for the better. I feel like Kamala Khan's Ms. Marvel uh, incorporated all of the best of the other stretchy characters she had a little bit of shape shifting from a uh, plastic man a little bit of the stretching from uh, mr fantastic the shape shifting from say ant-man i felt like blended into her character these little bits of other types of heroes powers became something unique and specific to her especially with her catchphrase and her playfulness you know she's a young person you know the way she fights there's a, there's a vitality and a playfulness to it that I, I, I think no other character has. I mean, on one hand, I applaud the idea that they want to tie her superhero origins to something that's more myth and legend that's culturally specific to uh, India, Pakistan, with uh, the idea of the jinn. But I, I do feel the way that they have implemented her power 
and the way they do the special effects on the TV program are not particularly satisfying. They have made a compromise. She still does. In executing her powers, she still does get the stretchy arms and big fists on occasion. I guess time will tell. It's debatable as to whether or not that's going to be an improvement to the character or not. And a bit of comic fandom uh, fact, if you will. Miss Marvel originally was what Captain Marvel was called. Captain Marvel was actually the name of a DC character, Shazam. And Marvel said, no, this isn't working. We're Marvel. We don't think you should have a character called Marvel. And they immediately were like, okay, fine. They stopped. They took the name, slapped it on Captain Marvel, and then they gave it to Miss Marvel, and now we got her. I love that Ms. Marvel exists in her current incarnation, that she's a young, a strong lady with strong ties to her, her culture, and that she's a Muslim, she's a brown girl. This is, this is the hero we need. There are so many people who have been waiting to be represented on film and television, and uh, to have a character that's so well thought out, so well cast, with fantastic actors and writing, I can give them a pass on the light power. I can give them a pass on the origin change because I feel like it is a stronger connection to who she is culturally, racially, religiously. You know, the, uh, I, I feel like it's, on one hand, 50% a good change and 50% a change that I'm just going to have to get used to. You know what, I, I can agree with that because the one thing I really loved about it was her best friend is like your just a regular white dude <laughs> and i love how they how they show his acceptance of the culture you know she, he always tries to be culturally accurate at their their parties and events and the, the urban modernness their lifestyle is in america i don't have a lot of experience with muslim culture but i really found it heartwarming seeing the way everyone was accepted in a lot of shows where they have an ethnic character as lead, they show a lot of discrimination and like slight hatred coming towards them like right off the bat. Where in this, they did well done showing off like what a beautiful culture it is. I feel like this, this young, strong female lead from the Middle East is a fantastically relatable teen. She's doing the same things that, that young Peter Parker did. She's trying to balance being a hero with being a teenager. She's trying to get good grades. She's trying to satisfy her elders. She's trying to like fit into uh, a culture. You know, she's just trying to navigate her everyday life and be a hero. And it's an incredibly difficult juggling act, especially when there's so many expectations. One of my favorite parts of her as a character is that whether you experience her in a video game or the modern comic books or the television series, she's a super fan. She's a comic book author or, or illustrator. She, she's a nerd. She lives for the, the fantasy world. She loves her heroes, and she, and she wants to be a, a part of the creative process that, that, that brings those to life. And Yeah, I feel like she's really relatable for anyone who's already a fan of, of superheroes. As a, as a comic book creator yourself, how do you feel about her presentation as, as a comic superfan and a creator? I saw some behind-the-scenes footage of like just the actress being part of like a set where they were at the fake Comic-Con and they said it was so hard not to just take everything. <laughs> well, now that you mention it, what they what they haven't done is made her into a stereotype. They haven't relied on the tropes. She's not ultra nerdy. She's not a shut-in. She's not socially awkward. She, she doesn't present as an unrealistically uh, disconnected 
super dork, right? Like, she's a, she's a well-rounded human being, which I think most comic book fans and comic book creators are exactly that. And she's also really well for, like, the fight or flight. Usually they do heroes right off the bat, like, stand the guard, chest out, ready for action. But she's like, get me out of here. Like, she's defending. She, like, she plays defense. She's not on the offense because she doesn't want to hurt anybody. She just wants to figure out, like, what what's going on. You know, she's, she's using her powers. She wants to use them, but she also knows she doesn't want to use them if it, they're not going to be helpful. So, so she's she's not she's not crazy about the violence, and it's nice to see that instead of just like when as soon as Spider-Man puts on the mask, like in the movies especially for the first real time, and he goes in front of a bad guy, he's immediately quipping, uh, shooting jokes, dodging, flippy, throwing stuff. Like he's he's about the action. He's his alter ego self. She is herself through and through, and the mask is purely for switching the identity so people don't see it. Where a lot of heroes, it's like, when they're not in costume, they're trying to be these opposites. She's not trying to hide anything. She just is trying to protect herself. How great is the portrayal of her family? The way they love her, the way they want to help her to, to do right and to succeed, and how they genuinely have these uh, good-hearted ideas. Uh, the scene where... Uh, they suggest the compromise that she can go to the convention, but the dad comes with her, and dad's taken all the trouble of creating himself into a Hulk, um, and her mother lovingly creating a, a Hulk outfit for her. I mean, it's so misguided, but so lovely. Beautifully written, beautifully acted, wonderfully presented. She responds like any other teenager. She's like, oh, you know, this will be so embarrassing, instead of being grateful. I want to know what the mom knows. Since they switched the powers up, now it's a family heirloom, so to speak. Like, her... Was it her aunt had it before her? One of her family members had it. Oh, it was her great-grandmother. Great-grandmother had it, disappeared with it. And then I believe her grandmother had it and then gave it to uh, Camilla's mom. And the mom just put it away. And I want to know what she knows. She knows something. One upside to them changing the origin story is that we have questions and we're tuned in. We're totally invested in finding out where this story goes. There is a mystery to it. I do have a theory, actually. And I believe it has to do with the Eternals. So instead of a strong link with the Inhumans, it's going to have a strong link with the Eternals. That's what I think. Because all the characters, the so-called Dejin, that attacked all had these special weapons... They all pulled them out of nowhere, and they seemed special. In the flashback where they pull the... What did you call her gauntlet there? Uh, oh, a bangle. A bangle. She pulls it off a, a Dejin, or a blue hand, whatever whatever it is. Exactly. And But whenever they, the rocks start falling, I almost believe for a split second you actually see the Ten Rings. Absolutely a Ten Rings reference there. You're and totally right. I wonder if... And I'm really curious if maybe some of those Dejin were some other members of the Immortal or the Eternals that um, had their memories altered before they got trapped like they got lost somewhere somehow I think it's a wait and see but you're 100% right there is a Ten Rings reference there maybe but we'll have to see so we came in hot and heavy super passionate absolutely sparks flying at the beginning of this podcast I'm in 
I'm in for the long term. I'm a super fan of Ms. Marvel. I'm going to be there weekly. I'm on the Disney Plus. You got my money, Disney. I'm coming back. She's so lovable. She's so strong. She's so interesting. And she's so creative. I want more. I can't wait to see her in the cinematic universe with Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel on the big screen. Uh, I'm very excited to see where this story goes. The origin is different. Her powers are different. Maybe ultimately it will be better. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to give this lady, she's probably, as of right now, she's probably my favorite female superhero. But I will say I love the character. I can't wait to see when she meets her idol to see the fault in our stars. <laughs> Never meet your heroes. Never meet your heroes. That's the moral of the story. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, we're a weekly podcast. And you can find me at chris.bcomics on Instagram and same thing on my Facebook page. All right. Thanks for listening.